Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. When was the last time that you did something extravagant, slightly extravagant for someone, simply because you loved that person? When I was growing up, Christmases in my home tended to follow the same pattern each year, including the same kind of gifts that were given. But one year, my father gave my mother an unusual gift. It was a small box. She opened it, and inside was a beautiful ring. My mom certainly didn't need a ring, and she hadn't asked for one. And as I sat there, I looked at my mom and dad on each side of the room. They didn't say a word after she opened the box and saw the ring. They just looked at each other, and they smiled, and there were tears in their eyes. When is the last time you did something slightly extravagant for someone you love? One of the gifts that you and I share as members of Calvary St. George's Church is that we worship just a couple of blocks from Pete's Tavern on the corner of Irving Place and 18th Street. And I say that because back in 1905, an author named O. Henry sat in a booth at Pete's Tavern. You can go sit in the exact booth today. There's a sign. And in three hours after lunch one afternoon, while he was drinking some beer, he wrote a short story titled, The Gift of the Magi. It's a simple story. Two young people are newly married. Christmas is approaching, but they're very poor, and they can't afford to give each other gifts. The woman, however, has beautiful long hair. So she decides secretly to cut her hair and to sell it so that she can buy a silver chain for the one thing her husband has which is expensive, which is a beautiful pocket watch. And on Christmas morning, she reveals her short hair, and she gives her husband the chain. Doesn't say a word. He simply smiles, and he hands her a gift, and she opens it. And it is a comb for her beautiful hair that he has purchased by selling his watch. And O. Henry ends the story with these words. The Magi were wise men who brought gifts to the baby Jesus. And here, I have told you the story of two young people who most unwisely gave for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But let it be said that of all who give gifts, these two were the wisest. When was the last time you did something slightly extravagant for someone you love? Well, that question leads us into the extravagant love in today's gospel that I just read. And in order for you and me to get a handle on how extravagant this love really is, I'm going to ask Camel to play a few notes on the piano, and the notes are the theme song from a movie. Raise your hand if you know the movie. 
So you're all too young is the problem. (laughs) That is a movie that was made in 1952. It's called High Noon, and it won four Academy Awards. It stars Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly. And in the movie, Gary is the sheriff of a western town. He's just married Grace. But on their wedding day, an outlaw gets out of prison, and he comes looking for Gary. And Gary almost runs away. Grace wants to go with him out of town to be safe. But finally, he stays to face the outlaw in the middle of the main street at high noon. And that is the story of Jesus in a nutshell. Because you remember when Jesus starts his ministry... Everything simply radiates with enthusiasm. He's healing people. The crowds are getting bigger every day. There's this air of excitement and hope, just like Gary and Grace getting married. But then it all changes. In Luke's gospel, it says, When the days drew near for Jesus to be received up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. That's the turning point. When Jesus sets his face to go to Jerusalem, all of the excitement, all of the hope turned to confusion and fear. Now, let's keep in mind that Jesus didn't have to go. Nobody's forcing him. And in fact, the disciples try to persuade him not to go, just the way Grace tries to persuade Gary not to go back to town. Grace wants to find some nice place far away where they can settle down. Jesus could have done the same thing. He could have gone back up to Nazareth and become wise old Jesus. And in his old age, people would flock to him for advice on how to live better lives. Instead, he decides to face his own high noon. That is why Mary's decision in today's gospel to do something slightly extravagant for this man whom she loves is so wonderful. Because it's just about the very last act of kindness and love that's ever done to Jesus before he dies. Now, you need to know a couple of things. First of all, it was the custom back then to pour a few drops of perfume on the head of a guest when he or she came into your house as an act of courtesy. Also, the perfume that Mary is using here is nard. And nard comes from India. It's incredibly expensive. It says there's a pound which is equal to an ordinary person's salary for an entire year. And Mary takes this nard, the most expensive thing she owns. She spends it all on the man she loves. There's no calculating the cost in expressing her love. She empties the entire flask. I need to tell you that I calculate my love a lot. Ben DeHart and I went out to lunch a few days ago. I paid for both lunches, and I'm not sure that Ben has thanked me adequately enough (laughs) for that gift. I mean, it was McDonald's, but he did order extra fries. Now, there's one more thing. Mary does not pour the perfume on the head of Jesus. She pours it on his feet 
And then she wipes his feet with her hair. In that time and in that place, a woman would never undo her hair and let it down, except in the presence of her husband at home. But Mary is utterly self, unselfconscious in showing her love. I tend to stand on my dignity. It's a little like that T-shirt I saw over at General Seminary that said, Episcopalians do it decently and in order. I want my love to look appropriate. I would like you to be impressed with my love. In fact, I did something this past week that was kind of a little tiny extravagant. I've, I've told about 15 people about it just in the last two days. I want you to be impressed with it. Please ask me after the service. But not here. Not in the heart of Mary for the man she loves. And then, of course, we got Judas. And Judas says, a whole bottle of Chanel number no. 5 just thrown away on some feet? Don't you know what we could do with that kind of money? Give it to the poor? Start a scholarship fund in the name of Jesus? Use it for the rector's salary? And Jesus just sits there. And he smiles a sweet, sweet smile. And he says, leave Mary alone. Let her keep what she has for the day of my burial. So we come to the very heart of the good news in this passage. The extravagance of Mary's love. First of all, it shines a spotlight, really a harsh glare on my own lack of extravagance. A spotlight on my fear that extravagance is a little too risky. A spotlight on how I tend to calculate love. How I want my love to look good. How, if the truth be known, I'd do just about anything to avoid high noon. But the extravagance of Mary's love given here in the very shadow of the cross is most of all a picture of the extravagant love of our God. The reckless emptying of that flask of perfume is a tiny reflection of the reckless love of God. The proclamation of the cross is that you and I do not get just a few drops from that flask of forgiveness and love. We get drenched. That's the extravagant promise of the good news. Furthermore, it's a promise that is backed up with substance because what was on that cross was not a systematic theology, it wasn't an academic creed, it wasn't a code of ethical teachings, it wasn't the memory of a good life. What chose the cross was a person, real and alive and strong enough to bear the weight of our trust. I started this sermon with pictures of the tiny extravagance of a ring and a comb and a silver chain. I close this sermon with the picture of another extravagance, this time a hat. Some years ago, an Israeli plane left David Ben-Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv to fly to London. And the flight was completely booked with passengers who fell into two categories. First of all, there were Jews going home to England after spending the Passover in Jerusalem. And secondly, there were Christians who were on their way home after celebrating Easter in the Holy Land. 
One of the passengers was a little girl, and her name was Marin Kadash. She was Jewish. She lived in Israel. She was four years old. And Maron was on that plane because her liver was in trouble. The doctors in Israel had done all they could, and they had told Maron's parents that her only hope was in getting a liver transplant in London. The parents didn't have any money. They had enough for the flight, but that was it. They took Marn and got on the plane with no idea how funds for such an operation were ever going to be found. Then, somehow, the news about little Marn began to spread throughout the 350 people who were on that plane. There weren't any announcements. There was no planning. It just happened. Someone spontaneously began to pass a hat. And when the plane landed at Heathrow Airport, Maron's mother had in her pocketbook, in cash and in checks, $73,000 with pledges for a lot more. It really happened about 20 years ago. It's a true story. Here is why it happened. The people on that plane had just been through an incredible experience in the Holy Land. They had been encountered by the living God. The Jews had been encountered in Passover by the extravagance of a living God taking them from slavery to freedom. And the Christians had been encountered by the extravagance of Jesus and the news that they were loved as they were, that they were forgiven as they were, and that death no longer had the last word. So why shouldn't their hearts be vulnerable to the cry of a little girl? Why shouldn't they pour out the whole bottle? And why shouldn't you and I? Because the news is that we are forgiven and that we are loved, as is, just as we are this morning. And more, the crucified and risen Jesus, with healing in his wings and with love in his everlasting arms, is looking you and me right in the eye this morning. And he is saying, I invite you to get a little extravagant. In my name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.